This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 14th of December. In your Squiz today, coming to terms with the Queensland siege, Fijians head to the polls, getting frisky in Bali, and netball's new look. This is your Squiz today. Yesterday, Claire, many Aussies awoke to the news that two police officers had been shot dead in Queensland. And today we have a lot more details about exactly what transpired on that Western Downs property. The victims have been named as constables 29-year-old Rachel McCrow and 26-year-old Matthew Arnold. And the third victim was 59-year-old neighbour Alan Dare, who was shot and killed when he went over to help. And another two police officers at the scene were very lucky to escape. Constable Keely Bruff ran and hid in the long grass and got through it despite the alleged offenders setting fires to smoke her out. Uh, she finished her training at the academy just two months ago. And Constable Randall Kirk was shot in the leg, but he managed to escape in the police vehicle. Yesterday, Queensland's Police Commissioner Katarina Carroll was pretty emotional during a press conference. She called the deaths of the two young officers absolutely devastating. We also now know the names of the three people who were shot dead by police. They are former school principal Nathaniel Train and his brother Gareth and his wife Stacey. So Nathaniel left his home in the New South Wales city of Dubbo in December last year. Reports say that he left his school principal's job in Walgett mid last year following a heart attack. He was in contact with family members until October this year and New South Wales police kicked off a missing persons investigation earlier this month. So the four police officers went to that Wyambilla property following a request from New South Wales police they were doing a welfare check. Uh, and some details have emerged about Gareth and Stacey. Uh, although no motive has been confirmed by officials, uh, reports say that the couple became conspiracy theorists. There has been a huge outpouring of public grief in response, including floral tributes at the Chinchilla Police Station. And in Brisbane, the story and Victoria Bridges were lit up in tribute overnight, with government buildings flying their flags at half-mast. All six deaths will now be investigated by Queensland's coroner, and the police response will also be reviewed. Fijians will head to the polls today, Claire, to decide whether PM Frank Bunimarama and his Fiji First Party will get another four-year term in office, which would make him the country's longest-serving leader, or if his arch-rival Sitiveni Rabuka from the People's Alliance Party will reign on his parade. So both of those men are former military leaders in Fiji and both instigated coups in Fiji, uh, but both say that they'll adhere to the election rules. But researchers from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute say that the results will further test 
Fiji's democracy, and it'll also test the Fiji Securities Force's uh, commitment to the rule of law. So it's safe to say that those with an interest in the Pacific region are watching that election very closely. Yes, and more than 600,000 people have registered to vote for the 350-plus candidates competing for 55 seats in Parliament. And the multinational observer group led by Australia will be there to keep an eye on things. There's been a lot of concern about the potential impact on Aussies since Indonesia announced new laws banning sex outside of marriage, Claire. But officials in Bali have now said that it won't affect foreigners travelling to the popular holiday destination. Reports say that lawmakers have been really alarmed by the concern that the new laws have generated internationally and they're now worried that tourism might dry up. Uh, The new criminal code that was passed last week by Indonesia's lawmakers was said to apply to citizens and foreign visitors uh, and that extended to that ban on sex outside of marriage. So government spokespeople are really hustling uh, to say that visitors don't have to worry about the new laws. Uh, They say that charges must be laid by someone's spouse, parents or children. And that's been backed up by Bali Governor Wayan Costa, who says foreigners visiting or living on the island won't have their marital status checked by authorities or their accommodation. And Bali is Bali as usual. Just 24 hours before he was due to testify before US Congress over the downfall of his multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency exchange platform, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been arrested in the Bahamas, Claire. Reports suggest he'll now be extradited to the US after prosecutors filed criminal charges against him, which we understand include wire fraud, securities fraud and money laundering. It's one of those stories that's seen the crypto industry brought into question again. Um, The 30-year-old who's referred to as SBF uh, stepped down from the company as CEO last month after his exchange uh, FTX filed for bankruptcy and he's been holed up at a luxury property in the Bahamas and some say that that property was purchased with funds from his failed business. Yes, so it's since emerged that Bankman Fried secretly used 10 billion US dollars worth of customer funds to prop up his trading business, and at least 1 billion US has gone missing. And as a result, it's estimated that over 1 million people have lost their investments, prompting calls for greater regulation of the crypto industry. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, we love a bit of netball at the Squiz and in a landmark move, Netball Australia has announced that dresses will no longer be mandatory across all levels of the sport and that's part of new uniform guidelines that are set to come into effect on 1 January next year. Yep, so we're talking about singlets, bodysuits, short sleeve, long sleeve shirts, uh, skirts, 
also shorts and long pants and head coverings. Uh, All of those can be worn in whatever combination along with the traditional dress. Um, They are here if players need. So the aim is to improve the diversity and the inclusivity of netball uh, and it follows moves in New South Wales to try more uniform options uh, after it was found in a review that the dresses actually put off some potential players. Yes, and speaking of the change, Netball Australia's Glenn Turner says, Netball is ever-evolving and we need to reflect this in all aspects of our game, including uniform choices. Claire, there have been some iconic pieces of audio named as the 2022 Sounds of Australia. So this happens each year. There are 175 sounds of Australia and this year uh, they're inducting Julia Gillard's misogyny speech, uh, the Neighbours theme song and also the one that really caught my eye, uh, Sister Janet Mead's rock rendition of The Lord's Prayer. Yeah, it's pretty good that one, isn't it? (laughs) But my personal favourite's got to be Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. I can't believe it's 45 years old. It's older than me, but I absolutely (laughs) love that song. (laughs) And known to some parts of the population as the song that you do CPR to. Yes, true. Functional and fun. (laughs) (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire, and the World Cup semi-finals have kicked off this morning. Yeah, it's Argentina versus Croatia. Of course, as we head into tomorrow, the semi-final between France and Morocco, which is going to get a lot of eyes on it because, of course, Morocco uh, could be the first African finalist. Mm. So, yeah, lots of excitement at the World Cup. Definitely. But I have to ask, is it unsporting of me to want Croatia to win? Because I'm still salty about Argentina knocking out the Socceroos. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But it's good to know that you carry a grudge. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's it from us today. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.